This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, today I'm going to be uh, ministering on God's House Part 3. And if you have missed any of the other messages, either uh, God's House 1 or God's House 2, then go to our website and, and click on where it says Sermons. And you can listen to uh, what you missed out on. Amen. I want to show you some books uh, from the bookstore. First of all, I want to talk to all you teens, those of you who are in a youth group on Wednesday night. They asked me to go in there and talk to the teens about end times because they had some questions. And I told them, I said, man, it took me when I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost back in like 74, give or take. Took me a year to study end times because I'd never heard about it before in my Methodist church. And so I wanted to know, is this really real? Is Jesus really coming back again? So I studied it for an entire year. And then they invite me to, to youth group Wednesday night to do a, you know, how am I supposed to condense a year worth of studies into 20, 30 minutes to teenagers, you know? But I'm, I'm hopefully it helped. But. I told you there may be a couple of books in the bookstore on this topic. Here's Hilton's uh, Sutton's book called A Moment's Notice, Recognizing the Season of Jesus' Appearing. And remember, I told you that we wouldn't know the day or the hour, but we would know the season. So anyway, that's a good book in the bookstore. And then for today's message, uh, I've got some awesome Tony Cook books here. You know, he's going to be here in March. And Tony Cook is just an awesome, awesome man of God. He's just usually all over the place. Um, here's one of his books. We have these in the bookstore. Your Place on God's Dream Team, The Making of Champions. Amen. There's nothing better than to be a champion in God's house. You know, we think of champions. We think basketball, football, all that stuff. i tell you what, there's something greater than that, and that's being a champion in the house of God. And then qualified, serving God with integrity and finishing your course with honor. Amen. This is good, another good book. Good stuff. And then he's got one more that I picked out today. In Search of Timothy, Discovering and Developing Greatness in Church Staff and Volunteers. In Search of Timothy. It's a really good book. You know, there's no higher calling than to serve in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let me gather myself to hear. You know, I forgot about this. Um, I need an usher. What? If you need an outline, raise your hand and I need an usher. I have in my hand uh, a sign-up sheet for uh, Frank Church's memorial service, which is going to be Saturday, this Saturday, February 23rd. And if you can help, there's meats prepa- the meat's going to be provided. But if you can provide some sides, then a sign-up on the info booth, please. Amen. Okay, did that. All right. Let me get to myself here. Get to my notes. We're going to do a tiny little bit of review. Psalms 122, verse 1. I bet you know it by now. I know it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I love that scripture. And I think about God's house and I think about the awesomeness of his plan for his people to establish the local church. It's a great place to be. Amen. You know, when you come to church, are you better or worse? A lot better. So why do you miss? You know, why in the world would you miss if you come in here and you get better and you get all armed and you get all equipped to go out there into the lost and dying world and stay strong for Jesus and be that godly example to your family first of all and then to every place else that you go. Amen. Let's look at Psalms 84, verse 10. Psalms 84, verse 10. Josh has been singing this at the close of this whole thing, which is pretty cool. Psalms 8410. That church needs a coat of paint, doesn't it? That church needs a help team, helps team to paint that church. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just now saw that. Okay, Psalms 84, verse 10 says this. I'm in the New King James. For a day in your courts, one day. In God's house is better than a thousand elsewhere. Better than a thousand elsewhere. And you can fill in the blank for all the thousands of other things that you could be doing instead of being in the house of God. But one day in God's house is better than all of that. And then I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Amen. 
Amen. That, those are good things. So the first week we talked about the importance of God's house. We talked about how God's house was God's idea. It wasn't man's idea. It was something that the Lord established. And we just go along with what he does. Amen. The second week we talked about how uh, everybody is assigned, if they aren't the main uh, you know, a man of God within a church or within whatever, then everybody's assigned to help some man of God. And we talked about how Moses and uh, Moses was helped by Aaron and her. And we talked about how he needed help and uh, how they came and they uplifted his hands. And because they did that, then Israel was able to win a, a great battle. We talked about that. We talked about David's mighty men, how King Saul was after David, wanted to kill him, and so he fled to the cave of Adullam. And so everybody that was in debt, everybody that was discontent, and everybody that was discouraged went and followed David to the, to the uh, cave of Adullam. And you know, when you think about when you're trying to choose a team to follow you, that's not usually the job description, I mean, you know, the, the application. When you look at their application, those aren't usually the folks that you pick. You know what I mean? However, he ended up with 400 of them, and they became mighty, mighty men. And they're even mentioned towards the end when David's getting ready to go home and be with the Lord. Then they mention all these mighty men, you know, the, the, especially the top three, uh, three of them. And we learned a lot about that. And then we learned about Jesus' disciples. You know, Jesus needed help too. Moses needed help. Uh, David needed help. Jesus needed help. Jesus still needs help. Amen. Is Jesus alive and well? Jesus still needs help. And it comes in the form of you. And it comes in the form of me. Amen. So today we're going to talk about your part in God's house. We're going to talk about what you can do in his house to help it grow, to help the man of God with the vision that the Lord has given to him for High Desert Word Center. Amen. There's something that everybody can do. What is our main purpose at High Desert Word Center? Uh, If you look on the front of any literature usually that we put out anywhere, it says that we are a family church equipping God's people for victorious Christian living. Family church because of all the awesome children's ministries that we have here, the youth ministries we have here. We want everybody to live a victorious Christian life from the kids in the infant nursery all up to the oldest person in here. Amen. Do you like to live a defeated life? Who likes to be defeated? I don't like to be defeated. You know, the devil may come in and try to defeat us in maybe different ways through finances or health or whatever. But you know what? Through God and through his word, we can be victorious Christian people. He shows us the way so we don't have to be down and out anymore. Amen. What's good news to a poor man? You don't have to be poor anymore. Amen. So, hallelujah, he's good at that. So, we, what we do here at High Desert Word Center, we're a strong word church. You know, if you haven't figured that out yet, that's why. That's why you know so much good stuff. And that's why maybe when you first came in here, you were defeated. But now, you're not defeated anymore. That you're, you're getting more and more victorious day by day, day by day. We don't have a food pantry here. We're not called to a food pantry. We don't have a clothing ministry here. We're not called to a clothing ministry. You know, there's churches downtown that do that, you know, and, uh, you know, that's great. And we can support them, but that's not what we're called to do here. I remember one time in Indiana, we had that when we pioneered in 1992, we had this, uh, well, long story short, we started out in the YMCA, we rented a room, da 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 da. And then we outgrew the YMCA in two months, so we rented this, uh, this shotgun building downtown Martinsville on the, on the courthouse square. And it was a shotgun because it was real long and narrow, it just went, Bam! You know, like that. Anyway, we decided it would be a great thing to have a clothing ministry. So we filled the whole back end up with clothes. And nobody ever came for the clothes. And one day the Holy Ghost says to Pastor, what are you doing with all those clothes back there? Get those things out of there and start putting children back there. So we did. We had a free giveaway day. And you know what? Hardly anybody ever even came to get the free... You know, I mean, it was all free anyway. And so we just had to give it to the clothing ministry that was in town. But that wasn't our calling. We found out then that's not our calling. Is it the fact that we don't like, you know, we don't like to help? No, but we can help the churches that do help in those areas. That's their calling. It's not our calling. We're not going to get involved in doing stuff that God has not called High Desert Word Center to do. We're going to focus on what he has told us to do. 
Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So, um, you know, it's so cool. When you, when you uh, get strong in the Lord and stuff like that, then you go out into the world. And somebody was telling me yesterday at the women's meeting about how, I forget who it was, somebody remind me, about how they go somewhere and somebody just looks at them and says, it was Irma. It was Irma at the Walmart. People just say, one guy came up to her, some soldier, she said the other day, about 30 years old, and he said to her, uh, why are you always so happy? You know, if you ever go to Irma's work there forever, you know, what, 20 years, give or take. And, you know, if you go into the Walmart, you see Irma. You know, Irma's always joyful. She's always happy. The soldier says to her, why are you always so happy? And so she gets a chance to tell, her, tell him about Jesus. So, you know, when we go out there into the world where we are, the workplace, where there's supposed to be something different about our countenance, the presence of Jesus is supposed to be on us. When people see us, they know that, that, that we're, we're rid of all men just by looking at us, just by what comes out of our mouth or by what doesn't come out of our mouth. Amen? So you're supposed to act the same way in here that you do out in the world. You don't come in here and cuss, are you cussing out there? I mean, you know, just a thought. Just, just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay, let's open up our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Amen. Did you bring your Bibles today? Yes, yes, yes. 1 Corinthians 12. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start out in verse 14. Here it is. And we're going to go down to verse 18. It says, For, in fact, the body is not one member, but many members. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. See, you think it was your idea to come to High Desert Word Center, but actually it was God's idea. And he just led you here. And aren't you glad that he did? Because he knew exactly what you needed in life. And he led you to this place, to High Desert Word Center. i got to check something out here. I think... I want to read something to you out of the Message Bible. Message Bible looks like this. It's extremely loosely paraphrased. You can't really use it for a, you know, any... Uh, cool biblical study type stuff, but, but it's kind of fun to read. So I wanted to read this to you out of the Message Bible today, the same scriptures. All of these gifts have a common or origin, but they are handed out one by one by the Spirit of God. He decides who gets what. You can easily see how this kind of thing works by, by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. That's exactly the same way that it is with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. You were the boss of your own life and you made a mess of yourselves, right? But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. And aren't you glad that he does? Amen. You know, seeking God keeps you out of a whole lot of messes. A whole lot of messes if you just seek the Lord on everything in your life. Amen. Let's look, let's look, uh, flip over to, uh, just flip over the page here and look at, uh, verses 27. You were still in, uh, 1 Corinthians, um, 12, 27 and 28. I'm in the New King James again. It says, Now you are the body of Christ. And members individually. Now we're the body of Christ at High Desert Word Center. But this body of Christ at High Desert Word Center is made up of individuals. You know, you're all different. 
Every single one of you is different. It's like having a big family. How many have children and no, none of your kids are the same? Isn't that the truth? Come from the same dad, the same mom, but they're all different. Well, that's the way it is in the local church. We're all different. We all come in and we all become one family, one body, but we're all different. And God has appointed these in the church, first of all, apostles. An apostle is somebody that goes around establishing churches. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. After that, miracles. Then gifts of healings. Helps. Administrations, varieties of tongues. Today we're talking about the ministry of helps. And actually I've been talking about the ministry of helps for three weeks, but I didn't call it that. Because some people say help and they think it's a four-letter word. And they think, well, if she's going to be teaching on helps, I'm not coming. Because they think it's a four-letter word. It's kind of like the word W-O-R-K. And they don't want a W-O-R-K. They want to be L-A-Z-Y and do N-O-T-H-I-N-G. However, this is the body of Christ here at High Desert Word Center. Each part does its part. No matter how small, no matter how large. We all contribute and do something. There's something we can all do to help. Amen. Flip over to Matthew 25. We're going to talk about this for a minute. Now, Matthew 25 can be uh, applied a couple of different ways. Usually when you think about Matthew 25, you think about money. But I'm not, I'm not attributing it to money today. I'm attributing it to the gifts and the talents that you all possess within you. See, some of you think, I don't know how to do anything. I can't do anything. Oh, you'd be surprised what you can do. Amen. And we have a place for each and every one of you. Amen. Okay. Here we go. We're in Matthew 25, uh, starting at verse 14. I'm in New King James. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your talents. I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of the praise and worship team. Joshua is an awesome musician. He can play anything except for horned instruments. Anything that's a string he or drums he can play. He's played with musicians. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but he has played with musicians that are far more gifted than the musicians we have in this house. But if he were to say, and God sent him and Julie here, by the way, if he were to say, I'm not going to go to High Desert Word Center and lead the praise and worship team because the musicians aren't up to my capability. If he were to say that, because he came from a huge church in Denver, he's played, he's, he's done CDs, he's done all kinds of stuff in Indiana. He was a member of a couple of different Christian bands and stuff like that. He knows how to play jazz. He's really good. If anybody can play jazz, they're an excellent musician in my book. He didn't say that. He could have hidden that talent and said, I'm not coming to High Desert Word Center. I want better musicians. But he didn't say that. He came because God called him here. And he took that talent that he had. He brought it here. A lot of times, him or Pastor Dave will will teach you know, I remember, I think Alex back there, didn't Pastor Dave teach you how to play the guitar? Yeah. We start, you know, at one point we didn't have a whole lot of musicians, so we just went down to the youth group and started teaching them how to do stuff. You know, we're still teaching kids in youth group how to do stuff. But see, if he had hidden his talent, 
Do you understand where I'm getting? The point that I'm trying to make? But he did not hide his talent. He brought his talent here. Amen. But see, all of you have talents as well. You know, I'm looking at Robin. Robin, Robin's a professional artist. This woman makes her living doing artwork. That's amazing. I don't I want to embarrass you, but I think that's cool stuff. You know, can I brag on you a minute? Is that all right if I do that? She's kind of she's kind of humble and all that kind of stuff, but I just want to brag on Robin for a minute. You know those those uh take-home pages that your kids bring home from school? She's the one that did the artwork on them. You know if you go to Michaels and you have these little Things that you can, what do you call those things that you can pull off, you know, and decorate different things with? Uh, I don't know what you call them. But anyway, she's the one that does that artwork. We have in this house this woman. You know, and a lot of times she helps Julia with the, Julie with the media and stuff like that. She uses her talent in the house of God. Isn't that amazing? But maybe some of us, you know, maybe we aren't professional artists, but by golly, you can do this with a paintbrush. Amen? I love people that know how to paint. Because I like to paint. Maybe you don't feel like you can do any of the above, but can you clean a toilet? You know how grody it is to come into God's house and the toilets are nasty? You're not going to find them that way here at High Desert Word Center because we have people that are willing to come and be used to clean toilets. And you know what? They are just as important as the artist. They are just as important as the musician. You know, we just read about that. Each part does its part. We just read about You can't say to the eye, I don't need you. You can't say to the foot, I don't need you. You can't say to the little baby toe, I don't need you. If the little baby toe is the one that cleans the toilet. You can't say that. And then you have internal organs that you can't see at all. You have hearts and livers and lungs and all that kind of cool stuff. You know, there's people that, that you know, you don't see them at all but they have a major part in what's going on in this local church. So anyway, I stopped at the, about the talents, didn't I? Let me back up. Okay, so... What verse was I in? Okay, let's back up to... Uh, I'll just read it again. 15. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his talent. He hid it. Nobody was ever able to see what kind of talent he had. Nobody was ever able to experience the, what this person could have brought forth. Because they decided that they weren't going to do anything, couldn't do anything. He hid the one thing that he could do. And he didn't utilize it in the house of God. After a long time, verse 19, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more besides... Uh, talents besides these. You know, you will you will multiply. If you use what you have for God, He will multiply and make you better at what you do. You know, all the music that Josh ever learned was in the church, in the local church. That's where he's used his gifts. You will never find Josh in a tavern, ever. Josh does not use his talents in a tavern. He uses and he learned his talents in the house of God. And when he stepped forward, the first thing you learned was a bass guitar, right? A man in church in our praise team in Indiana taught him how to play the bass. That's his favorite instrument, by the way. But he doesn't usually play it because he's playing other stuff because it's what the body needs. But that's his favorite instrument. But because of that, because of him learning that, then God added to his talents. See, God multiplied what he did. It doesn't matter what, how large or small you think that your talent is. If you will step forward and use whatever it is that God has given you to do, then He will multiply that back to you. 
He will multiply. You'll get better at what you do. Amen? And not only that, but a lot of times you can use what you learn in the house of God out in the workplace. You know, I tell these teenagers, you know, if you're filling out a resume or whatever, they work in the coffee bar. I said, you put on that resume that you volunteer in the coffee bar, you know, da-da-da-da. That's, that's some kind of skill they're learning in there. Amen? They're learning how to wait on people. They're learning how to make change. They're learning how to, you know. So they could go somewhere else and get a job using those same skills, you know, uh, entry-level jobs, and just work their way up doing stuff. Amen? Verse 21. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24, Then he who had received the one talent came and said this, Lord, I knew you would be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. You know, one thing about talents, if you don't use them, you lose them. And the guy says, look, there you have what is yours, and he gave it back to the Lord. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown. And gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received it back with my own interest. So take the talent from him and give it to somebody else who has ten talents. So you not only lose it, but it's given away to somebody else who's willing to use their stuff. Verse 29. For to everyone who has, more will be giving, given. And he will have abundance But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And then Jesus said, And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, that sounds kind of scary. No, don't read that part, Mrs. Pastor. I'm sorry, it's in the Word. (laughs) So we're going to read that part. What do you know how to do? When you came in today, you received a a list. We're having a job fair after the service this morning. And I just encourage all of you to go. All of our department heads are going to be over here so that you can talk to them. You can ask them questions. I'm going to read some of the uh, Ministry of Helps areas. We have an altar team, a prayer team, and a cloth lady team. Some of these are are people that we, uh, pastoral team, picks themselves. But if you're interested in that, go ahead and sign up for it, and we'll, we'll see, okay? Bookstore. We have three services a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Coffee bar, children's ministry, jam and jam, junior kids club, kids club camp, productions, registration, custodial. You know, you don't have to clean this entire building, but if you can, if you can wash the windows to the entryway, or if you can mop the floor out there, or if you can take one set of bathrooms, or if you can help vacuum in here, or do something over in Victory, it helps. Amen? Can you walk? I mean, some people can't walk. Do you have hands? Do you have feet? I mean, I'm just asking you. Greeters. Nice, smiley people greeting at the door. Hospitality. We have in, in-home meal preparation. If there's a, a, something going on, somebody's coming out of the hospital, a baby's born, we bring meals to their home for like five days, something like that. We have that uh, and delivery. Funeral dinners. We've got a funeral dinner coming up for Frank Church, Pam's husband, on uh, Saturday the 23rd. You know, can you make something? Can you cook something? Can you buy something at the store and bring it? Can you do that? Pitchins, you know, when we have our pitchin dinners, that's a whole lot of work. Information booth, people coming in where they can sign up for things or somebody comes in, they're new. I would like to know, you know, da-da-da-da. And the people that work in the info booth know all about the church. And anybody that comes in here, they can answer any question that they have. We've got landscaping. 
You know how to cut rose bushes? You know how to do that? A lot of people butcher them and don't know how to do that. I'll tell you a story. We had one guy one time. This was several years ago. Um, he decided he was going to cut the rose bushes, and he killed them all. And we used to have like 40 or 50 rose bushes. That was, that's all there was around this place. There's a couple that survived that ordeal. So after he killed all the rose bushes, I had to have a buy a tree campaign, buy a rose bush campaign. For $25, you can buy a flowering plum tree. You see them outside. Aren't they beautiful? You know, for 15 bucks, you can buy a rose bush. And so we replenished everything. But you know what? Somebody, needs, somebody knows how to trim those things and knows how to trim them right. Or the trees. You know, hallelujah. Maintenance. You know how to change light bulbs? Irrigation. Yeah, irrigation. A lot of times things break on irrigation. Can you do that? Um, you know how to use a screwdriver, a hammer, a paintbrush? Things like that. If you have a shovel, every once in a while we have to shovel the sand away from stuff. Do you know how to do that? I mean, you know. Media. Back there, you see the media going on right now. Music ministry. We have the choir. You saw them this morning. Musicians, sound, vocals. Nursery. We have the infant nursery. We have the upstairs nursery. A spiritual personal trainer. Those are handpicked by Pastor Dave, but it's still something you can think about. Ushers. We have adult ushers and we have junior ushers. You know, these young men that you see here on Sunday night, if you've never seen our junior usher team at work, you're missing out on life. We have junior ushers, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, that help serve our, with our senior ushers on Sunday nights because that's the only time that they don't have something for them. But you know what? Um, there are requirements to be a junior usher, too. They have to fill out an application. There's certain requirements that their parents have to make sure that these kids do. Visitation ministry. We have hospital visitation, home, ministry, uh, home visitation, visiting the elderly. The welcome team. You know, you see the welcome team every Sunday morning. Doesn't that take a lot of time to be on the welcome team? Good Lord. What's that take? 30 seconds out of your day? Um, I'm sorry. I get smart alecky. Young adults. Pastor Dave's over that right now. Youth ministry, junior high, senior high, and they're doing the arts and they're doing music right now. So they're teaching them how to utilize their gifts at their age level in the house of God. This is just, you know, some of the stuff. And there's a booth for, for almost all of these things. Our prayer for all of you is that you take ownership of High Desert Word Center. If you call this place your church home, you need to take ownership of it. That the Lord would awaken you to have a passion for His house. This is His house. Do you have a passion for it? You should have a desire to take care of this house more than you do the own house that you live in. If you take a a passion for God's house and serve in God's house, I guarantee you stuff's going to get home and done at your house. If you can't do it yourself, he'll send you folks to help you out. He's doing that with us out at the ranch out there. You know, for those of you who have visited out there already, there's a whole lot of work out there, don't you think? You know, but God has sent us qualified people. We try to pay. No, don't pay us. Don't pay us. We want to do this, Pastor, because we love you. We want to help you. You know, and so the God's helping us do stuff that would take forever to get done. But our heart is to share the place that God has given to us with the church. We're going to have Kids Club Camp out there this year, and I'm so excited about that. You guys excited about Kids Club Camp out there? It's going to be really, really cool. Amen. Um, It's our prayer that we would all work together in unity and teamwork to take care of His house. It's not a competition. It's not a competition at all. It's what can you do to help? Amen. That we would all help out with the chores. Just like we do at our house. You know, one thing you can do when you walk into the building, if you see trash flying around, if it's your house, do you pick it up out of your yard? Well, when you come to God's house, it's your house. Pick up the trash. 
Bring it in and put it in the waste in the waste basket. Amen. Let's look at Psalms 100. Psalms 100. Back in the that back in the charismatic days, back in the 70s, we used to sing this, didn't we, Pastor? All that well back in those days. When we sang, we got out our hymnal. This was our hymnal. And we would sing we would sing stuff out of the Bible. Amen. That was our songbook. Okay, Psalms one hundred. Verse one through five says this Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with madness. Serve the Lord with sadness. Serve the Lord with grumbling and complaining. How are you supposed to serve the Lord? With gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And His truth endures to all generations. That's the attitude that we're supposed to have. Today I wanted to recognize uh, Donna Winston, but she's not here today. Does anybody not know Donna Winston? If you don't know Donna Winston, raise your hand. Everybody knows Donna Winston. Okay. I talked to her the other day and I said, Donna... I said, uh, how long have you been at this church? And she says, well, I got married here. I said, well, when did you get married here? And she said, in 1998. I said, well, was it then that you started coming to this church? She said, oh, no, I started coming to the church a lot before then. And I said, well, uh, when did you start working in children's ministry? And she said, when I got saved. And I said, well, when did you get saved? She said, in 1998. She's worked in four- and five-year-olds at High Desert Word Center since 1948. That's what, 20? 98, what did I say? 48, 98. Now, that's the year I was born. <laughs> 98. 1998. So that's what, 21 years? 22 years? Same position. But you know, if we have a work day, you'll see her come. She'll be sweeping or doing something. Same position. And I really wanted to recognize her today, but her son Christian, he's a tall, tall guy, has been he's a he's an expert baseball player. He plays for San Diego State University. He won the pitching he's a pitcher. He won his game the other day. So she's down in like down in there. But what is it though? The White Sox, the Chicago, somebody's been lots of teams have been looking at him for years. I'm talking about professional, have been looking at him for years. So She's not here today. She's with her son. But man, if you see Donna, whenever you see Donna, say, Donna, thank you. Thank you for your faithful servant in the house of God. This house. You know, she hasn't run over to this church for a while, run over to that church for a while, made the circle and come right back. No, she's been here. Faithful person. Just like, just like the chairs, you know. She just depart. You just expect to see her. Amen. Pretty good stuff. Okay. Ah, Desiree. Desiree is my Ministry of Helps assistant, and uh, I have asked her to—I've uh, asked her to go over the guidelines for you. You know, we have guidelines um, to work in the Ministry of Helps areas because we have guidelines because, uh, just like God, we like things done orderly. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that's pretty cool. We like things done in order. They like people to know what they're doing, you know, why they want to be in this position. And there's certain things that are required, more things are required than in other positions. But Desiree's going to talk about that. You need to grab a microphone, dear lady. And so she's going to talk about this. And I'm going to sit here and listen. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> are we awake? Yeah, talk loud so they can hear you. Okay, so I'm going to go over a few of the guidelines. Um, I don't just read them. I always like to give the why we have guidelines uh, or why we have these written in our guidelines because my pastor taught me to teach it that way. 
So bear with me, okay? The very first guideline is that you must be born again, preferably baptized in the Holy Ghost too. Um, and we need you born again because, you know, you do things better with Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. some of us may think we don't, or we're unable, or we're unqualified, but Jesus is the one that makes you qualified. So you need him in order to work in ministry of helps or work in any, any area of this church. You need to have Jesus in your heart. And when you have Jesus in your heart, you're a little more joyful to come in and do stuff like vacuum the carpets or, you know, clean the bathrooms. you got the joy, 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 joy down in your heart. Amen. So anyway, um, the second one is that you must have completed membership classes or signed up to attend the next class that's going to be offered. And membership classes give you a chance to see what we believe. And when you go through the membership class and you become a member, you are now saying you agree what we believe and you're going to teach or or work with us with what we say we believe. Um, So it's really important in unity that we're believing the same thing and that we're working under all of that. Like, you know, you guys are agreeing that, yes, we believe in the Holy Spirit. Yes, we believe in speaking in tongues, all that great stuff. Um, especially if you're going to go teach our little children. We want to make sure that you're teaching them what pastor would have you teach them or what Ms. P or Pastor Dave would have you teach these kids. So it's really important to take those classes. Um, they're a lot of fun. They're painless because Pastor Dave teaches them. And Yay. he's fun. Amen. He's the fun one. And he brings you donuts. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, you should take that class just for that. Yeah, there you go. Um, you must not be a user of alcohol, tobacco, or drugs. And that's kind of a no-brainer um, with that one. Um, if you have Jesus in your heart, you, you know, shouldn't be using alcohol or drugs. Um, sometimes people are in the process of getting delivered of stuff, and, and God's helping you through that. And, and we understand that. You know, see us and talk to us about that. Um, but it is in our guidelines that you can't do that stuff, you know. You can't show up to children's church drunk. Like, it's just not going to happen, you know. Um, the next one is you must tithe and give faithfully and consistently to High Desert Word Center. Now, please don't think that any of the directors go and look at your personal tithing records. Um, we don't. That's between you and the Lord. Every once in a while, pastor does look at that because he's the pastor of the church and needs to know what's going on. But it's not something that the directors sit there and say, well, Mike didn't tithe this week. He can't greet. You know, that, that's not that's not how this guideline works. We don't go pointing fingers at each other. It's a heart condition. You know, for one, you know that these guidelines are in there. It's a heart condition. And also, what happens when you tithe? You have that protection over you. So when you're a tither and you're working in the helps ministry, you have that protection over our ministry as well. And you also become a faithful person because you learn when you tithe and you give all the time, you're a faithful person. So that's the reason why that guideline's on here is because we need you to do what the Bible says and be faithful. And the Bible says to tithe. Um, you must be loyal and faithful to pastors. <clears throat> to pastors leadership, and the congregation of High Desert Word Center. Um, We need faithful people. You know, we need people who, when they say they're going to show up, they show up. You know, sometimes we have life that happens and we can't make it, and and that's fine. Um, But we need people who aren't every week going to say, it was my turn, I can't do it, I can't do it. You know, we need faithful people. Um, I wasn't in here last week, but I did see the picture of Miss P and people holding up pastor's hands. That's what we do. And when we're unfaithful and we're not doing the part that we signed up and said that we're going to help out with, the pastor's walking around like this. You know, like, we need to hold them up. So we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful to the word that we give to God and to our pastors. So if we say we're going to do something, we need to follow through and do that. We need to be able to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and the same way with our leadership. And we need to be, make sure that if they say they want something a certain way we're not sitting there but you should do it this way because they're the leadership you know just like when we go to work with our bosses we may not always agree with 
how they want to do stuff, but if they tell us to do something a certain way, we need to say, yes, sir. Um, ooh, this one's a good one. Must attend at least one other service per week. So how many services do we have a week? Three. Three. So um, if you're working, especially children's church or nursery, if you're working, you need to be in another service. Our first priority is your walk with the Lord, your spiritual, your spiritual self. That's our first and foremost number one importance. So if you're working all the time, you're not doing anything for yourself, and you're not able to do anything for the areas you're working in either. Because when you're spiritually dry, you're not able to give anything to anybody else, especially if you're working with the youth group or children's or um, the nursery. You know, those kids need us to come and be filled with the anointing. They need us to come and be filled up with the presence of the Lord. So we have to take care of ourselves first before we have anything else to give. So it's very, very, very important that you come to one service and you get fed. Um, if for some reason that doesn't happen, let me know and I'll take care of that because I want to make sure you, you're able to be fed. Um, the next one is dress code applies for some positions. You know, some positions, if you're up in the nursery, you know, ladies, we don't want the low-cut shirts, you know, where... You're showing off all your goods. You know, you're bending over and doing stuff like that. So you want to look good. Um, the greeters, you know, we don't want you coming in in sweats and a T-shirt to greet. We want you in your Sunday best with a beautiful smile on your face. You know, so some areas do. Um, I mean, if you're coming in to clean, we're not going to tell you to come in and dress nice. There's no dress code for that. But in some areas, there is a dress code that needs to be followed um, because we represent Jesus. You know, and we want to represent him well. Um, certain positions such as nursery, children, youth group, um, security, ushers, um, those require background checks. And the reason why we require background checks is to keep our kids safe. Um, the reason why we want our, our ushers background checked is because they sometimes step into the classes, do counts, or come in to solve problems. Um, but any one of our nursery, children's, youth, all of them are background checked. And that's to keep our children safe. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ugliness going on in the world. We want to make sure that um, that they are, um, oh, I skipped that one, sorry. Uh, we want to make sure that they are safe um, and nothing happens to them. You know, and again, the background checks aren't something that people are going to go around saying, do you know what so-and-so did ten years ago? It's just making sure that there are no child predators that are going to be in our classrooms that are going to hurt our children because yeah. we need to keep them safe. And also when you have a first-timer come in and you feel you hear that our, your child's safe, it makes you feel more comfortable. You're going to want to leave that child there. Mm-hmm. Um, I skipped one, so sorry. Certain positions, I was thinking it was a background mm-hmm. check, but I was wrong. Certain positions require you to be here early. Please be on time. Um, children's nursery, registration, um, security, ushers, they all have jobs they have to do before people arrive to service worship. Um, So it's very important that you're on time, especially if you're like up in the children's or the nursery areas. There's other people waiting that um, have to go to other areas and they got their babies and their kids they got to drop off and then it becomes a, a late domino effect, you know. So if Katie's late, you know, because she can't take the baby upstairs and she's got to preach or or Pastor Dave's got to preach, well, now he's, like, over here flustered and and not knowing what to do because he's chasing his kid around for 20 minutes, and then that worker finally shows up, you know. So we want to make sure we're on time. Um, I kind of look at it as, as I don't like to be late for work, so let's not be late for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, You must live. I can never say exemplary. that. Exemplary. Yeah, that'll work. Moral life, both in and out of local church settings. Um, I'm guilty of this, guys. Um, sometimes, well, a while back. This is my past, okay? Um, when I first got saved, I would yell at my kids in the grocery store. And people would see that. And then they would come to church and tell me that they seen me yell at my kids in the grocery store. Um, people are watching you. 
They know you're Christians. They're going to see, they want to see how you're behaving and acting out in the real world, you know. And so, especially kids. I work at Home Depot, guys, and I don't know how many kids run up to me. Miss Desiree, Miss Desiree, Miss Desiree. And they see me at work, you know, and they see you everywhere. Um, and you're, you're that, you're that to them, you're that example of Jesus. So, you know, you don't want it to see nice and friendly here and then go out into your work environment and be mean and nasty and using words that maybe you shouldn't use. Because people see that, just like Miss um, Norma, I mean Miss Irma said, you know, to us at the women's meeting, you know, some guy came up and, and noticed she was happy all the time. You know, people, people see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, if you have any questions about anything in Ministry of Help, you could see Miss Pastor or myself. Or if you have, you know, issues with scheduling, I do all the scheduling. So, you know, see me so that I can try to fix it and, and make it work for you. Um, and those are our guidelines, guys. Go team. Good job. All right. Hey, can you turn that off and put it over? Good job. Good job. Good job. Anyway, praise the Lord. Okay. Well, this was not a long service today on purpose. Because we want you to be able to go up and see all the ministry helps areas. You know, if you would like to sign up for something today, go for it. If you want to pray about something, that's fine as well. But you know, a lot of a lot of the uh, the ministry helps things are in service. Bookstores in service, coffee bars in service. You know, a lot of things are in service. Some things are, you know, when we're not having a service going on. But anyway, I hope that um, the past three weeks have given you a love for God's house if you didn't have a love for God's house, given you respect for God's house, know what God's house is all about, that you have seen that the men of God need help in running, you know, in this instance, this local church. And we hope that uh, you will at least volunteer to do something. Amen. Yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to close with an example before you get to check out things out. Back in Indiana one time, I was teaching First Corinthians chapter 12. We just saw there where the, man, something weird there. Yeah. Anyway, you saw parts of the body, the eye, the hand, the ear, etc. I was getting ready to teach on that, and I was having breakfast. She fixed me some bacon, eggs, and coffee. And everything. I was sitting there reading First Corinthians 12, getting ready to go to church and teach on it. And at that point in time, a guy in our church had had a stroke. And so parts of his body was working, parts of it wasn't. That said parts of his body. Well, First Corinthians 12 calls this the body. It says some of us in here are hands, some are fingers, some are nose, eyes, ears, etc. And as I look at that bacon, I smelled that bacon. And my nose says, boy, that smells good. And my taste buds said, boy, that would taste good. That coffee's going to taste good. And my eyes said, boy, that looks good. And so parts of my body was working. And then the Lord reminded me of James, the guy that had the stroke. I saw him in the hospital. All of his stuff was working, but his arms wouldn't move. And so I'm sitting there looking at that. And the Lord used my body as an example. He said, he said, you see how good that looks? You heard the bacon sizzling when she's cooking it. You smell it. And your taste buds are saying, I can't wait to taste that. But what would happen if your brain sent a signal to your hand, said, now pick that up and eat it, and my hand wouldn't move. My arms wouldn't move. I could see what I wanted to do, but I couldn't do it because parts of me wasn't doing their part. And then the Lord said, that's like a church. He said, there's things the Lord tells the head of that church, the pastor, he wants to do, and the pastor knows what he wants to do, and there's people coming into the church saying, why don't they have this ministry working? Why is this not doing its job? And the pastor said, well, I'm sending signals. I'm praying. And God said, he said in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, he sets each member in the body as it pleases him. So God's saying, I set people in can do that. And I'm talking to them. But they got to do it. So the pastor's kind of just immobilized. He's thinking, man, I see that need. People need that. And I'm praying, and then we're saying, we sure need somebody to help do this. And then the reason the church can't grow sometimes, like she said, we're not called to clothing ministry, food ministry, although we help do those kind of things. We're called to help families. We're called to help people grow in the Word. And people can't come in here 
and sit down comfortably if there's not workers to take care of kids. And at the same time, kids can't be the kids at home they're supposed to be if the church doesn't teach the Bible to them how to submit to their parents, to love their parents, etc. And so I'm saying in a church, for a church to grow, God's the one that said, 1 Corinthians 12, 18, I said each member of the body as it pleases me. And so God's not going to put it on the hearts of a pastor to have an area of ministry if God's not going to put people in there who can do that ministry. Amen? And then, you know, I just want to say something else. Uh, what I found out in life, how many know that I was incapacitated all of last year? I mean, you don't think on the inside of me I wouldn't want to do something, but my body wouldn't let me do it last year because it was sick and it was messed up. Well, I found out now that I've got to do stuff, especially my wife, believe God, for a 10-acre ranch that has lots of work to be done. My body's doing stuff now, but it's stretching, it's hurting. But I'm finding out the more that I get out there and do stuff, my muscles are developing again and get stronger. I've got anointing flowing. My head's more clear because the blood's moving because all kinds of things are happening. So if you are a stagnant Christian and you're wondering how come God don't anoint you, he's anointed you, but you don't let the anointing work. So as you get out there and start doing things for God, what he puts in your heart to do, you'll see the anointing in your life increase. You'll see your faith get stronger. You'll see your boldness grow. You'll see lots of things take place in you because just like that man that had the stroke, he couldn't do anything, but he saw what could be done. And so for you, as you get to see things today and let God talk to you what he's talked to you about already, no doubt, then just find out what God wants you to do. And I want to tell you, I've been doing a lot of irrigation work and digging out of my property, 10 acres of irrigation for an orchard, all kinds of trees and stuff, and an old irrigation system. Sand is heavy. And I've been digging a lot of sand, been replacing a lot of lines. You think my body loved it? My body hated it. I told somebody yesterday, what I do at nighttime, I take some Tylenol, I pray, I go to sleep, and I hurt. What I do at the morning time, I get up and I pray and I read my Bible and I get out to work. Then I take some Tylenol and I work. Why is that? Because I'm using muscles that haven't been used for a while. And they're older muscles than a 21-year-old man's muscles. And, but anyway, I'm getting better every day in what I'm doing. So I'm telling you right now, when you first start getting to do something, it'll probably cost you some time for some other area of your life. And you'll think, man, I really needed that. But as you start doing it, and that joy level rises in you, that anointing kicks in, and things start happening, you're going to think, man, why wasn't I doing this before? I was wasting my time doing all that other stuff that means nothing. Now I'm doing this. And then when you see smiling little kids or restored marriages or people get delivered, and they tell you, thank you for greeting me at that door. Thank you for shaking my hands. Thank you for watching my kids. Thank you for that day of the coffee bar and you talked to me for that 10 minutes. And a lot of times when you're walking with God, you can't even remember that conversation because you do so much for God. But all you can do is stand there and say, well, you're welcome. I'm glad I was here. And so that's what this is all about. Seeing people's lives change. And we're in a life-changing ministry. And some of you are eyeballs. Some of you are ears. Some of you are hearts. Whatever you are. When you do your part, you're not going to be like a guy sitting there looking at the bacon eggs and thinking, man, I'd sure like to eat that. Come on, hand, move. Come on, hand, move. That hand says, no, you can look what you can have, but you can't have it. It's not going to be that way. Everything that God puts on our hearts to do in this church, we will do. And let me, let me tell you something that uh, you may not have thought of before. Sometimes, if you're not walking with God close, you don't pick up on things. If you're coming into a church like this and you keep seeing an area thinking, man, why don't they do that? Why don't they do that? Man, I wish they'd do that here. Guess what? God sent you here because you saw the need and you're the one who's got the talent to do it. So all you have to do is pray and then say, Lord, I want to talk to my pastor. I want to talk to Mrs. Pastor and I want to see if I can start that ministry here. I want to see. If I can do that here, if I can, et cetera. And then when you do, God's going to say, now you're where you're supposed to be. The reason they didn't have that, because you were that finger. And so now finger, you're in position. Now you can go down there, you can pick up the coffee cup now. 
By that, you know what I'm saying. You see it, and now you can do it because it's working. Amen? And so I hope that helped you because God showed that to me. We're the body. And we're not going to be a crippled body. We're not going to be a body that's paralyzed. We're going to be a body that meets the needs. And then when God sees that each part is working to its job, that God's going to look out there in our community. He's going to see the people that need that talent in their life. And they're going to come in here then. And then you're going to be so joyful because you're in position. And when that needy family, the needy people come in, you're going to be the one God uses to help them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Mr. Pastor, back to you. Amen. Amen. Um, I I wanted to uh, recognize all the children's and uh, nursery workers today, but half of them, I mean, a bunch of them are working. But if you work in the children's and the nursery area, will you stand up? If you work in nursery or children's area, I want you to stand up. And give them. Aren't we thankful for them? I'm telling you what. These people are awesome. And I especially like the men that work in these areas of ministry. Awesome. I love you women too. But these kids need to see men. You can be seated. But make sure that you do thank. You know, we pick up your kids. Thank the nursery workers. Thank the children's church workers and stuff like that. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org. 